Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Pasquale De Vita, Pasquale De Vita to win the grand final for Gold Coast Knights. It's two goals to nil. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars have been start up unless. Ball in and another free kick goal doubles Olympics advantage. And it is Kazan Muller once again in that wonderful left foot. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to the NPL Sunday Show on the Brisbane Football Review. Scott with you as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, finals football brings out the uh, the, be- the best in everyone. And uh, yeah, look, uh, one more week before we're at Suncorp Stadium for the season finales. Absolutely. This time next week, we will be at Suncorp Stadium. We will know who the MPL champions are for season 2022. It's been a great weekend of football, hasn't it? The MPL men and women's preliminary final slash semi-finals as well as FQPL 1 and FQPL 2. Couple of fantastic grand finals. Ah uh, yes, and uh, not only that. Uh, talking about the FQPL two grand finals, they headlined what was a massive weekend over at Imperial Corp Stadium. So I hope everyone uh, got out there and uh, ha- ha- got, got a taste of the beautiful pizza that they put on at uh, at Brisbane City. Uh, big weekend. Uh, yeah, not uh, nine games in total there, including uh, their the uh, FQPL1 women uh, in their semi-final, but we'll get into that later on. We will get to all the FQPL1 and 2 recaps later in the show, as well as our teams of the year ahead of, and some couple of grand final previews as well. But we will start, as always, with the MPL men's competition. A preliminary final weekend this year, this weekend, starting on Friday night down on the Gold Coast. It was the Premier's Gold Coast Knights after their weekend off against the sixth-place Peninsula Power, who got there after a win over Gold Coast United. Nil all at halftime in this game, and all of a sudden, 5-0 for Gold Coast Knights in the second half. A hat-trick for Max Brown, as well as goals from Oscar Dillon and Tyson Martin, rounding out the result for the home side. Very convincing in the end, but particularly in the first 15-20 minutes, Peninsula Power had their chances, and maybe if they did get the goal, it could have been a different game, but particularly by the end of the first half and all through the second half, Knights just ran over the top of them. Yeah, first half uh, was was a very very competitive affair. I, I did mention on a couple of occasions, even at the ground, saying the first goal was always going to be crucial, and that was going to decide uh, that's the result of the game. And uh, yeah, first half was played in such a way that uh, while both teams did have chances, um, it, it was a case it was a case of that uh, also there was that that fear of sort of uh, trying to you know stretch too far and perhaps you know exposing but uh second half uh did a very a very very um I guess uh, a very soft goal to concede for uh, Peninsula Power that saw Max Brown score the first of his three goals in 15 minutes. And uh, yeah, that was that was all she wrote. It was almost like that first goal goes in and the floodgates opened. After that first goal, it was a bit of a mistake at the back from Peninsula Power. And you could certainly tell at that point the heads just seemed to slightly drop. And then the second goal, not long after that, from, Tyson, from Oscar Dillon, sorry, at at the corner, that really did, at that point, make it a mountain to climb for Peninsula Power. And one, they just didn't quite have the players to to climb on this particular occasion. Yeah, four four goals in uh, in eighteen minutes was pretty much yeah. It, it's it was uh, yeah game set and match uh, at that point. But uh, look, also on the other side, fence was some brilliant play by Gold Coast Knights in that uh, in. In that, in that sort of that scoring blitz, uh, Tyson Martin especially, uh, his, his combination with Max Brown for at least two of those goals was just absolutely sublime. I'd say we will talk about Gold Coast in just a moment. First, we will first talk about potential power. It's how do you rate it from, from their perspective? They finished sixth in this season, got their first finals win last week in the MPL men's competition away to Gold Coast United. Got to this stage, which is I think 17 games unbeaten. It was going into to the game on Friday night, but it's a, it's a fifth straight semi-final or preliminary final loss. It's, they still just can't quite climb over that final hurdle to get to the big game. I think it's a, a trivial vagary. I think that that's yeah, five, as you said, five, 
five straight losses in a final four match. Let's just, let's just call it that rather than trying to sort of flip between semi-final and preliminary final definitions. Uh, which yeah, look that, that that's but we look at it as the same way as Olympics five straight grand final defeats as well. Or you know, let's look at the positive there, five straight semi-final wins. So um, yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things, but especially this season, you know, come to come from adversity. Um, look, seventeen games ago, we we were. We and look, I think even admittedly at, at Peninsula Power as well, and the, sort of the halls of power up there, they were that that R word was even sort of you know dare to be mentioned as as a, as a possibility. So to, to turn it around and get to the last four in a final series, that that seventeen game unbeaten streak in the league, uh, it was it was ended by a very very good team, and I think I think they they would be happy. I think that that with and even with the dramas that happened off the pitch, it gave them the opportunity. I think they probably saw it as a bit of a free hit and say, you know what, yeah, you know, we, we were there, we we tried. Um, they, they 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 got the win over Gold Coast United last week. That that's that's at least a finals win, um, ticked off. You know, um, yeah, this this is probably uh, one week too many. I think you're right. I think it's a, it's a great rebound from when Aaron Phil took over and planning to build on in the off season for Peninsula. As for Gold Coast Knights, they've tuned up very nicely for next week, haven't they? With that grand final, they had the ten days off to prepare for this game. We hear from Scott McDonald shortly, but it was the whole rest versus rust situation would it have an effect on them maybe it did for the first few minutes but when they got going they really did get going and once again they proved they've got a tremendous team and some great reinforcements to bring in off the bench to see out the game as well yeah it, it's scary the the depth of that team the, the talent of the depth of the team that gold coast knights have and i guess that that's what mitigates the um like the sort of the whole issue of uh is is 10 days break is that was that going to have an effect yeah look they they Look, admittedly, they were a little bit, um, bit a little bit vulnerable. If if I uh, had a potential power, grabbed an early goal, that may have you know, sort of you know just just you know was slightly you know tighten things up a little bit and you know and sort of make things a little bit more anxious. But when you've got the the, the, the sort of I guess the players they had available to, to come off the bench. Uh, look, it's probably no no worries. They they are you know, undisputedly you know the deepest team in in the league, and they they showed and they they. And they uh, showed as well. Maybe the, the scoreline of five nil. I think it maybe, you know, yeah, that sort of they ran away with it in the end in, in a in a finals match where you know Pinchel Power had to chase the game in the end. So that may have blew out the scoreline, but uh, yeah, they, the, when they when they sort of uh, they hit the front, they they really sort of ran home the advantage. And when they do get hit the front, they play some beautiful football, which they did on Friday night. Now after the game, we caught up with the head coach of Gold Coast Knights, Scott McDonald. Let's see what he had to say after his side picked up a win to progress to a second successive NPL men's grand final. We'll be back right after this. I'm with the coach of Gold Coast, Scott McDonald's got 5 0 winners here over Peninsula Power through to the grand final. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Thank what, you. What did you say at half time of that reaction? Because first half was a really, really tight contest, second half it really opened up. It was tight because we made it tight because we never finished them off. If you look at all the chances we had, I don't think it would have been tight if we had to put them away. Um, it was a case of. Scott McDonald for Central Coast. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's the scoop, boys. That's yeah. the scoop. Suncult first. Suncult first. But um, no, look, the game plan was working. Um, and we knew that if we can control the game, the tempo of it, keep the ball, they were going to have to chase. When it's a man-for-man situation, when they match you up, if you can dominate the ball better than the opponent, then they're going to fatigue. And we knew that that was coming. Um, we could hear it from their, from their own players on you know before the first half had gone out so um, when you hear that it's encouraging and we just stick to the plan and make sure that we're crucial in front of goal that we haven't done in the first half because a lot of the things we were doing was excellent we just needed to tweak a couple of things which I won't go into because we understand now if we play against that system again what we do so it's good our 10 day lead into this game we must be really pleased with the way the players came out look really bright because sometimes these games can be a bit tough in terms of rest versus rust they came out really brightly it's funny I wasn't pleased. I wasn't pleased with the first 10 minutes um, because we didn't start like we normally start. But again, I think you're right. I think the 10 days off, um, it took us that little bit. And it's a semi-final, so maybe maybe there's a little bit of you know nerves as well, not played for 10 days. Um, but once we got through that bit, because um, you know, there was a couple of chances either side, and then we started to grow and, and then sort of dominate near the end of that first half. So um, really pleased. Again, we just keep putting on top performances and we keep getting better. That's I'm, I'm so proud of them. Um, yeah, 
it's just uh, a lot of love from me in that room at the moment and just uh, yeah for what we've achieved thus far but again we've achieved nothing I always say it because we're only we wanted everything and uh, we're one step away now one step away from potentially everything you're through to a grand final next week you this side has been to a grand final 12 months ago you're playing at either Morton Bay or Brisbane City neither of us have been to a grand final lately is that a big advantage for you in terms of that experience that you've got on the big stage yeah look um, Suncorp grand final yeah look whoever we get um, going to be a tough opponent they both gave us tough games on numerous occasions this year something's got to give if it's Morton Bay if it's Brisbane City we know obviously each other that well we played against each other four times already so um, yeah it's going to be an interesting occasion but I think we're excited about playing on that pitch so it's, it's great for my players that they get the, uh, the opportunity to now you know I think they deserve it after the season they've had to, to go and finish at Suncorp and hopefully on a high just finally a scouting trip tomorrow up to Walter Park for that game or are you going to watch from afar? Nah, I'll watch it from afar. I think uh, spend some quality time with the family as, um, yeah, it's been full on this year. Um, but yeah, look, we know each other that well now. Um, I don't need to go to the game. I'll, I'll certainly be watching the game though. Um, and uh, yeah, may the best team win and, and whoever it's going to be, it will be a tough game for us. And thank you there to Scott McDonald talking to us after the game down on the Gold Coast on Friday night. And we'll move on now to semi-final two, or preliminary final two, I beg your pardon, final four matchup two of the weekend on Saturday evening over at Walter Park between Morton Bay United and Brisbane City, second versus fourth. Here, Brisbane City being Lions the week before, Morton Bay having the week off. And speaking of rest versus rust, I know you were a little bit concerned about that potentially having an impact in this game. It wasn't to be ultimately for... Morton Bay, you know, two-one winners over Brisbane City. Goals from Sam Knight and Joe Scott. An own goal for Brisbane City for for their equaliser before the Joe Scott winner. And it was a absolute battle this game, which Morton Bay found a way to win in the end. Wouldn't have expected any other way. These these two teams, uh, uh, that two two draws in the uh, in the regular season. Um, this is always going to be a yeah you know, a a fight fought in the trenches and it, it showed exactly it. Uh, I think also as well, uh, before we to talk about the on the pitch stuff, I thought what a night, uh, yeah, the atmosphere is electric. You know, I did say this time last week, you know, I hope and prayed that, uh, that, you know, the Brisbane sea supporters will come out en masse to Walter Park, the sport team. And boy, did they, did they do that? And they, they packed that, uh, they packed that uh, hill end, and it was it was just a, a wonderful occasion. So congratulations uh, to to everyone involved, you know, off the pitch to make it such a, such a you know almost a cauldron almost of a, of an atmosphere, and uh, it it showed. And uh, I think the the way the players played, uh, it it, it was, there was a sense of occasion. There most certainly was a tremendous occasion out there at Walter Park on on a Saturday evening. It was a crowd as big, if not bigger, than the one they had in the Australia Cup round of thirty two against Heidelberg and. The first half was a real battle, wasn't it? You could see both sides were trying to find a way to get the ascendancy. Neither side was really able to create too many chances. It needed something to happen in the game in the second half. And eventually, Sam Knight floated the ball. And I'm not sure if it was a cross or a shot. I'm sure he claimed it was a well-placed shot into the back, into the into the far post. But it was the, it was the goal the game needed just to liven things up, wasn't it? Because it was just waiting for a moment to happen. And that was the, the domino that triggered the final 25 minutes. Yeah, it was, a, it was shot out of the blue, pretty much. Uh, yeah, across that. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, I don't think it was much that Riley Stank could do. I, he, he tracked it, he tracked it, and it just, it just, just happened to fall in. Um, that, it was just, a, it was just one of those, you know, freak occasions where we say that games like this, you know, I use the use of the worn cliche, you know, games like this are settled on one moment, be a you know, moment of brilliance, a moment of stupidity. Uh, this, this is one of those those moments of brilliance. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know if Sam Knight meant to do it, but uh, either way, it really sparked sparked this game off, and you know, and and yeah, it, it sort of reset up the like the last half an hour. It most certainly did. It looked like Brisbane City when they got the equalizer. Looked like okay, we're going to go to extra time here, which is what we I know we both kind of felt was the way the game was going to go for the both for the majority of it. But then once they got the equalizer, Morton Bay down the other and Joe Scott, who's had a had a pretty good season for Morton Bay, but this was his best moment for for them in this season and the great goal there cutting it on the left on his right foot I think it was to to score the winning goal and send Morton Bay through to the grand final. 
Yeah, so happy for uh, Joe Scott to get the winning goal. You know, such a you know, a talented uh, player who's sort of had you know, in, it was in the outside due to injury and uh, and sort of yeah, in form to, to a certain extent as well. So to, to get there, get to score, he's probably his most important goal um, at, at very least since his days at when he, he was, used to play for uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder and there and the sides in the FQPL one that you know made made the grand final. Um, that, that's the, uh, it was two years ago. It was the first time I saw Joe Scott was in a grand final um, at, at Perry Park, uh, playing for Thunder. So uh, to see him, to see him sort of you know grow as a player at, at Morton Bay, and to to be able to, to to get that that what would be the winning goal, you know, just so happy for him. Absolutely, and at full time scenes, we haven't seen at Walter Park since 2015. Those celebrations after the game, they certainly celebrated greatly the, the progression of the grand final, didn't they? They did. Um, look, uh, I don't know if it's tempting fate a little, but uh, look, I, I, I'd like to think that that's more of because of the occasion, the sort of way, the atmosphere of it. I think it'd be very, very. I, I think it'd almost be inhuman to be able to not be excited by that. A, a great game of football, you know, played, you know, a, it's almost breakneck sort of, you know, temperament. Both sides were sort of going at each other. You know, I think, you know, to, to come away with a win on that, it would be very, very difficult. To not celebrate that, I think as opposed to you know Gold Coast Knights, you know where they, well, I, I they are a very professional outfit, and you know Scott McDonald, you know, sort of you know, very is very very clear in his creed that you know a semi final is just a semi final. You've won nothing, uh, but when you win five nil, uh, yeah, it's very very easy to keep a lid on it. And I think yeah, I, I, I think as I said, I think the worst you could say is they're probably tempting fate. You know, one game from the big from the big dance. But then again, it would be hard not to not to celebrate. I know I was happy. You most certainly were happy. So I don't have to hold Adam back at full time from his celebrations <laughs> on the on the sideline there. But just for just for I think again, just before we do hear from Cam Miller from the Brisbane City perspective, it's been a great year for them, hasn't it? In terms of the way they've progressed back to the finals for the first time in since the first year of the MPL era, got their first win since then as well in the finals. So they're heading in the right direction, Brisbane City, and they're not too far away from from playing in a, in the in the grand final potentially either. Yeah, it's disappointing as uh, bow, bowing out this stage, and again, all the all the drama that happened to to get to this point. All that, I I think on, on all, I think I think it's a very very good season progressively for Brisbane City that they sort of, that the that that um that big four sort of hold has sort of been released, and they they're probably they they are a big club. There's there's no doubt about that, and uh, it's almost it's almost criminal in a way that it, it took them so long to get between you know finals appearances but i think that i think they've got a lot to work with uh, under carl dodd uh there and uh, I, I look i wouldn't be surprised if that you know this is only the start that you know use use the use the disappointment of of get falling one game short as motivation next season because i think not only they've got some you know, wily sort of you know, veterans as well you know some very very you know, experienced players the young players they've got coming through as well, I think is very, very exciting. You know, players like Jack Benham and Will Dent especially um, have got very, very good futures ahead of them uh, at, at this level. So I think that definitely Bristol City, you know, without sort of, you know, framing a market for next season already, uh, they're one team I would expect, you know, uh, provided that they, they sort of recruit and retain uh, well, which is always you know, a mystery at this level. But uh, if they can, uh, I, I think that they, that they can sort of really give next year a shake. Yes, we won't frame any markets for next year. Yep, there's plenty to be positive for Brisbane City after this season. Now, speaking of positive, we caught up with the head coach of Montbeno, Cam Miller. Let's hear what we had to say after his side picked up a 2-1 win to progress through to their third MPL men's grand final. We'll be back right after this. All right, with the coach of Montbeno, Cam Miller. Cam, 2-1 wins here over Brisbane City. Congratulations through the grand final. Thank you. I had a game for everything. What's your thoughts on the way the game panned out, first and foremost? Uh, if I'm honest with you, it panned out exactly how I thought it would. I thought it would be a tough game. Um, not a lot of control for large periods, and it you know, proved that way. Certainly first half, City came out. They were impressive. They were first on all the lost balls, and they were good in the duels on the ground, and they made it really hard for us. You know, we said to our players at halftime, we're going to be good enough to win the game. We need more control. Yep. Um, you know, we, we didn't have that for periods in the second half, but we had it enough... Um, and it allowed us to, to create chances and, you know, it's, it's where the goals come from. So, yeah, it was pleasing. How important was the first goal to go ahead in the game and give you that sort of build on? I know they came back into it, but how important was the first goal? Yeah, I think it was a, it was, it was really important because I think even when the goal came, uh, City were on top in that period. Um, so I think 
psychologically gave the players a massive lift. Um, and then, obviously, City come back in at 1-1, and it was that was a test of the players' character. Um, and, yeah, Joe Scott, superb goal to, to make it 2-1. Yeah. Do Sam like claiming that, by the way? Is that a cross or a shot officially? Sam Knight always crosses the ball into the goal, so I think he'll be claiming it. <laughs> here we go. Great atmosphere here as well. So yeah. City fans on the hill. Great to here for Walton Bay once again. So big crowd to us. Yeah, it was. We love these nights at Walter Park. We're, we're fortunate this year. We've had a number of them. So, yeah, look, it's a special night for, for the kids, as you can see. Yep. To be credit to City, they did a good job of bringing uh, their support with them. Um, yeah, move on to next week. And hopefully, you know, we get a lot of our uh, club members out there to Suncorp to, to support us. Speaking of, you will play Gold Coast Knights in that grand final. I'm sure you watched their game last time. Very tough matchup next week between the top two sides in the league. Yeah, it'll be extremely tough. Gold Coast Knights, as we know, have got so much quality. Um, we've, we've challenged them twice this year. And, you know, I'll be honest, we, we're really, really looking forward to, to playing them again. Um, we're going to go and have a real crack and, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm going to take some of this Walter Buck atmosphere to Suncorp next week as well. Great occasion to play at Suncorp as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course it is. You know, I think for some of the players, it's almost like they dream of this stuff when they're, when they're young. Um, you know, I certainly, as, as you know, yeah. Scott, you know, spent a lot of time there watching the Raw yeah. too. So it'll be exciting for all of us. And it's funny, you played in a grand final for this club back in 2017. What's it like now to lead them to the grand final as a coach? Yeah, well, I didn't actually get on the on the pitch that night. I sat on the bench. So, But no, I was there. Um, it, was, it was a really good night, obviously. We lost that night. So, um, yeah, look, we're going <laughs> to hopefully we can win this one. Thank you to Cam Miller for talking to us on Saturday evening out there at Walter Park. Adam, we will now preview next weekend's MPL men's grand final between Gold Coast Knights and Moreton Bay United. But just quickly, a trivia question which you have no idea is coming. <laughs> How many players from Moreton Bay's current squad were in their last their last grand final team back in 2017? Now, I just want to have a point of technicality. Is that Yes, Cam player? Miller was a player then who's now the coach. Okay. <laughs> um... um... I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say two. And you can Three. include Rhys Gwynne-Jones in that list oh, as well. You know what? Rhys Gwynne-Jones actually... and Declan Smith both started Cam Miller an unused sub, as you, as you just heard in the interview then. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, how can I forget the other pillar of the great wall of Brendale? Let's shout out to, to, uh, out to my captain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yep. look, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, very, very. It, that 2017 grand final, we were both there for that. You know, one of the most, you know, remarkable moments. I think, you know, objectively um, speaking, you know, Dylan Wenzel Hall's, you know, free kick winner uh, that night at Briggs Road. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, look, I think it's a big occasion for Morton Bay. You know, for first time in the grand final in, in six seasons, it's been. It's been it's been sort of a, a an interesting road for them, and uh, look, I think they'll rel- they'll relish the occasion. I think, yeah, but a lot of I think the big thing for Morton Bay is that a lot of the players that are playing are play in this game. They may not, and it's interesting you bring up the trivia question. They may not have been there in 2017, but most, but a lot of them were in their academy teams in 2017. So they get the opportunity to represent the club on the grand stage. I think that's good. That means so much to, to, um, to the club. I would go through the same question with you regarding Gold Coast Knights, but they were there 12 months ago and the majority of the squad have been retained. So a lot of these players have been there and done that before for the Gold Coast Knights. Speaking of the grand final next weekend, and hope by the way, that Dylan Wenzel Hall's moment was fantastic. Hopefully something like that decides the game next weekend. The head-to-head record between Gold Coast Knights and Morton Bay, they've played 10 times so far in the MPL era. Five wins for the Gold Coast Knights, two wins for Morton Bay, and three draws amongst that lot. Although two of those three draws were this season, Adam, a two-all draw down on the Gold Coast in round three, and a one-all draw at Walter Park in round 14. So two draws and three goals each for the season. Something has to give on Sunday at, at Suncorp Stadium. Yes, we need we need a winner on on uh, Sunday and uh, and yeah, look, it's it's very very hard um, to sort of line the line these two teams up as far as uh, because they they're so they're so different as far as sort of the way they'll approach the game, the way they'll 
they'll come into it, which is, is probably why um, Gold Coast Knights probably haven't sold them as far as you know able to get a win, or vice versa uh, for Morton Bay United, which I think bodes well for you know the occasion. I think I think it's going to be a tight contest. Um, I would not be surprised at all if uh, if this goes to extra time. I, I just think yeah, that uh, it's going to be one of these one of these finals where. Unless a team just does not show up and gets overawed by the occasion, I think. I think with all, when we're talking about all four grand finals, I think playing at Suncorp Stadium as well, I think that is going to be a major factor. You know, yeah, you know, I think it's it's such a alien-like environment to anything else in the um, in MPL this season, and I think the team that adjusts first to, to the situation to the occasion and also as well the you know the, the different uh, settings i think that that's going to go a long way to deciding all four of these grand finals it will certainly have an impact now these were the two best sides of, of the season so hopefully it's a great game we're not going to go through any predictions on the show we know to adam's leaning in his heart but we won't go give any official predictions but looking forward to the game next weekend i think it'll be a great game as well these two sides have been best two sides of the year first versus the second on the ladder and looking forward to a great game next weekend yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, one v two. I think this is this is what you you want to see. It most certainly is. We'll move on now to the MPL Women's semi-finals. We'll go through these in chronological order. So we'll start with the semi-final two between Eastern Suburbs and Peninsula Power on Saturday evening out there at Heath Park. And this was another really tight, tense match down between these two. So we were obviously at Walter Park for the MPL Men's preliminary final. But we were following this on the FQ YouTube channel, and it was a ultimately a 120-plus-2 winner from Sophie Person to send Eastern Suburbs through to the grand final. A great way to win it, but an awful way to lose it. So the brutal way to lose right on the almost the last kick of the game. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can't feel anything else, but you know, your heart breaks for Peninsula Power that they, they, they were in that game all the way and literally the last kick of the game. Um, Hakana Kachchenko uh, was the one who got the free header, for, you know, got out to Sophie Person who shot sort of, you know, across goal. Uh, Liz Harrington got a touch on it, but uh, yeah, it ended up going in. And uh, yeah, it is a it is an awful way to lose the game. However, I will also point out that this night 12 months ago, or last night 12 months ago, uh, Peninsula Power did the same thing to Virginia United. Uh, Abby Belford's winner at um, at AJ Kelly Park to put Virginia out. So they so they do know both ends of the stick stick as far as you know the highs and lows. And yeah, look, but yeah, you could feel nothing but you know for heartbreak for them. On the other hand, East uh, look no, take nothing away from them. Um, they 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 their their qualities solid team uh and uh and yeah look they're they're as they each had seen to to um to come up and win it all they most certainly are and you're right the principal have been on the other end of that not to be for them on this occasion it was a terrific game between the two sides I expected nothing less between these two sides did you win given that they've been second and third on the table they've swapped positions all year long and they've been right there against each other all year up against each other Funnily enough, this is East's first ever grand final appearance in the MPL Women's Competition. They've been to the finals six times, Adam, until now. This is the first time they have reached the decider. So a great moment for them out at Heath Park. Wow, that, that's uh, that's an amazing stat because they they are one of the uh, I, I guess go uh, I guess uh, the cornerstones of women's football in in um in, in this state. So to knock to a grand final, that's, I'm very surprised by that. But obviously, yeah, you got, you've had some programs like, like the gap, um, Olympic and this of lines at the moment as well. That I suppose that probably have sort of, you know, been, been that, been that sort of that nemesis as far as, you know, just being always being, you know, one step ahead. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, I, but I think it's a great cause for celebration for, for East that yeah, they, they're in the, um, in the grand final, uh, on Sunday. Absolutely. So East into their first ever grand final. So it is a de- debut grand final appearance for them as a club. It will not be a debut appearance for their opponent, but it's probably not the one you would have thought going into the weekend. Gold Coast United, Adam, went to Lions Stadium on Sunday evening in semi-final one of the MPL Women's Competition. First versus fourth, and they've dethroned the Premiers, the four-time defending MPL Queensland 
champions will not get the chance to make it five. An early goal in the first minute from either Zoe Corbett or Riley Thornton, depending on if she actually got a touch to the cross from Zoe Corbett or not. We'll let the dubious goal panel decide who actually gets credited the goal, but it's the goal which sends Gold Coast United through to a second successive grand final, and it was a really good performance from them. It was, and uh, yeah, look, it's a moment of absolute madness. The uh, Zoe Corbett's cross, which took an absolute wicked bounce, that completely wrong-footed Ellie Chapel, and the, the, I guess what we'll say the conjecture is whether in that bounce, that sort of that, that turning bounce was whether Riley Saunderson just got a slight touch on that. Um, the match comes out, Alan Crowell sort of called it that way. Uh, we, from how we saw it uh, on the replays, we thought, or I certainly thought, uh, there was no touch. But look, either way, I don't I don't think Zoe or Riley would actually give two who two scored that goal. They're going through the grand final and they've finally got one over over their big nemesis. Absolutely. I don't, you're right. I don't think they, as they make their way back down the Gold Coast, pretty much, probably as we record this, I don't think they would care one little bit who actually gets credited with the goal. Officially timed, at just 45 seconds. So certainly a shock and awe tactic there from Gold Coast. And they had some good chances in this game to make it too as well. They weren't able to take them, but they could have potentially put the game to bed earlier than they earlier than they did. Yeah, this I think, yeah, you fast forward out of that first 45 seconds of this, this game, I think on balance, I would actually say that Gold Coast United probably deserved the winner. Zoe Corbett had a number of chances uh, that uh, that she that she could have put away. Yeah, credit to Ellie Chapel who kept them in this game for a very, very for, for pretty much from for most of that. They just the the vaunted you know attack uh, of Lions just could not find could not find a uh, way through. Um, but uh, but yeah, they, they could have on balance that they. They probably could have wrapped it up much earlier than the one-year scoreline, but also as well defensively. Mama Ayashi and Mary Craven, the job they did on Tegan Riding tonight to keep to keep her pretty much you know under you know contained under control. I think it was a, an excellent effort. So overall, I think uh, this is not one of the cases where you could say, "Oh, Gold Coast United scored after 45 seconds, and lucky to get out of." Um, you know, Luxury Paint Stadium with a win. I actually think, by my estimation, they actually deserve this win. They most certainly did, and it is the third time, third loss for Lions this year. In all three games they've lost, they've conceded goals very early in the game and not been able to to turn the tide. And I agree with you about Gold Coast. You know, they thoroughly deserve their win. So congratulations to the entire team down there at Gold Coast. You know, we will talk briefly about the Lions' angle to this. Adam, we know there were no, there was no Cannon Cloth, there was no Zara Krug, and there was no, I think, and no Jamila Rankin from from this side. We know they were unavailable today. No. No Maddie Teekle who's gone overseas either. So they were certainly down on troops, but they had enough in the enough in the squad today to, to to get something out of this game, didn't they? They were certainly good enough to get something out of the game. It's unfortunate from their perspective, on this occasion it wasn't meant to be. And also no Kelly Cowles in the match day squad as well. We're yet to hear is the reason why uh she she missed out. But um but yeah, look, uh it's still they they still have have a squad that should have been capable of getting the job done. Even the starting lineup where uh, Rob Askew played young players like Sarah Bonifant and Emily Bowman and Tia Apu in the in the starting team. Uh, they, they still have they still had Tegan Ryden, they still had Tiana Karen Bassett, they still had Tyra O'Keefe in that starting lineup, Ellie Chapel in goal. Uh, so it's a case of I think you know you can you can look at all angles and such, and yeah, look, losing five quality players like they have was always going to hurt. But I always looked at the case of this only brought lines back to the field, not necessarily for for a team to go past them. But look, Gold Coast United, I I I, I keep on coming back to this. This was their night. Um, it wasn't Lions night. I think they deserved the, they deserved the win. And I think this the whole thing that you know losing those players, um, those those before-mentioned players, you know, to A-League women's football, I still think that that shouldn't be used as as an excuse. I think it's just a case of it just was not Lions' night. And I don't think, to be fair, Lions would be using it as an excuse either. It wasn't their night. It was Gold Coast night, and we look forward to seeing how they go next week in the grand final as they take on Eastern Suburbs anime matchup we were, we haven't seen in the NPL women's grand final. So it's a new matchup for us, which is something... Nice to look forward to. They've played 13 times in the NPL Queensland era. It's five wins for Gold Coast United, three 
four Eastern Suburbs and five draws amongst all of that. Now, the three times they've played this year, it's a it's a mixed bag. They played in round five down on the Gold Coast, a 2-1 win for the home side. East bounced back at home at Heath Park in round 14, and then a one-all draw in round 23 on the Gold Coast. So a win each and then a draw. So this looks, again, I think this is going to be a really tight match between these two sides. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect in terms of who's the favourite in this match because we know East have got a great high-powered attack, but that Gold Coast United defence, as we saw tonight, is really resolute and it could lead them to a grand final. This is a really, really tight matchup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think this is tight. It's almost flip of the coin stuff. I'm, I guess that we're not saying, I'm not giving this a prediction, but my feeling on this is that that the momentum is all with Gold Coast United currently. That that I, I think that that they they are um they they had that that losing streak where at one stage there was real questions whether they'll even make the finals. Um, and they have just absolutely sort of, you know, come through. I think, I think it is, I, I think they're unbeaten in about 11 games. I have to actually get the, the correct number, but, uh, but, but they, they have been easily the best team in the second half of the season. Not to say East haven't been, but they, they've had a few, um, have a few results to go against them. So I think in that in that regard, I'm leaning towards you know, Gold Coast United being the favourite. But look, both both play both teams have got some really really good players. Um, and and yeah, look, it, it could be a case of uh, again who 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 sells into the occasion the best, who masters the the conditions as far as the you know at Suncorp Stadium, and if both and if if both teams show up, we're in for a very, very good game. And thankfully that they've got programmed three hour, um, three hour time slots between games, because I think we make this may go all the way. It very well may do it. Just quickly before we move on to the FQPL recap, Adam, do you put any stock into the fact that Gold Coast don't have been to a grand final and East haven't, or does that not matter much to you? No, but it's because of Suncorp stadium, I think this, this grand final series, uh, Everything around it, this this is brand new. I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, even if if Lions were able to get through tonight and go there, I'd even say the same thing about them. This is a ver- like Suncorp Stadium. The way that the day is organised, the way the way the, the conditions, everything, like, it just makes it. It just is a, a complete X factor in it. So I, I think you know, being there before, yeah, you know, playing one grand finals or six grand finals in your career ain't going to make a difference in, in my opinion. I tend to agree with you as well. Looking forward to both the NPL Grand Finals next Sunday evening at Suncorp Stadium. We'll move on now to the FQPL 1 recap. Go through the FQPL 1 men's first. Semi-finals go through them in chronological order. So Wynnum Wolves played host to Logan Lightning. Second versus third on Saturday evening out there at Carmichael Park. A 3-2 win for the home side Wynnum Wolves. Kieran Walters, Luke Murphy and an 85th minute winner from Connor McCauley. Jean Moore, Marion Bona and, and Brandon LeMay for Logan. Logan Logan took the lead early on in this game, but Wynnum Wolves overran them. Adam, and this is a story we'll talk about through this FQPL1 recap in the next few minutes. It's it's a side who's been to two straight grand finals now, Wynnum Wolves, in two separate leagues, and they've found a way to overcome Logan, both in the league for promotion and now in the semifinals as well. Very, very good game of football this last night. I've caught, caught uh, a lot of it on after, after getting back from Walter Park, and uh, both teams are fairly even, but uh, Connor McCauley has been a player that's been on absolute fire lately for winning Wolves. So it's fitting that he was the one to get the winner and send Wolves uh, to their second straight grand final. Absolutely, where they will play Surface Paris Apollo. So they played in that grand final last year in FQPL. So they overcame the fourth place Brisbane Strikers in extra time. Two goals from Marcus Allison and one from Brad Scott in a 3-0 win. They left it to extra time, Adam, but Surface Paradise played some great stuff in this game. They weren't able to get the goal in 90 minutes. And when they got the first one through Marcus Allison in the 102nd minute, they just ran away with it in the end. I thought strikers were, were very, very game tonight. They they, they played like a team that, had, that, that sort of had that had nothing to lose as far as they weren't just going to lay down and die for surface paradise. So they, they, they sort of came within a game plan. Uh, they took them in nine minutes. They, they frustrated surface paradise. Uh, it through, through uh, the 90 minutes and the first part of uh, extra time. But uh, yeah, 
finally uh, broke through Marcus Allison getting getting a brace. Uh, Brad Scott adding the uh, the late one where strikers are trying to chase the game. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Service Paradise they 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 get through. This is their third straight grand final. Uh, they 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 did win the grand final, the uh, FQPL three South Coast grand final, and then the FQPL two grand final that they were that they were victorious at Carmichael Hunt last up uh, Carmichael Park. Not the rugby league player. No, Carmichael Park last year. And uh, and yeah, so so there, this, this is a rematch between Service Paradise and Wolves. And that, from what we remember, twelve months ago, that was a cracking game in itself. And I expect nothing else. Uh, coming into the, this game next Sunday. Well, that match went to extra time for Surface Paradise did win by three goals to one. If the game on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon, it's the first game of the four, actually, probably Sunday midday kickoff. If it's just as good as that, we're in for a treat in the FQPL1 men's grand final. They've played five times now in all competitions, these two sides. It is three wins for Surface Paradise, one for Wynnum Wolves and a draw. Although this year, Adam, it has been Wynnum Wolves year. They won... In round four in the grand final rematch, by three goals to two down there on the Gold Coast before a two-all draw in round 15 in the return leg. So Wynnum has certainly got the edge this year, but Surface Paradise got the grand final win last year. This is uh, this is becoming a really interesting rivalry between two sides that probably hadn't played each other at all ever before the round four matchup last year in FQPL 2. Now they've played till the twice in back-to-back grand finals. There's a nice little rivalry building between these two. And they'll play each other at least twice the next season as well, because they're both they're both up in MPL uh, for for next season. They've both been promoted, so let this let this rivalry continue. And uh, yeah, uh, look, Wolves have got the edge uh, uh, from from the league the league games. But then again, this is a different season, a different time. I, the one question I'd ask you, Scott, would be for a lot of these for a lot of these players, uh, assuming that what the information that we've heard is correct. I don't remember the last time that these play, any of these players would have actually kicked off a game at 11 a.m. in the morning. So that I, again, I, I I keep on running this theme about the grand final about foreign environments and whatnot. 11 a.m. kickoff for a men's game. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or indifferent or anything like that. I'm not so I'm saying that, but that is going to be a very very weird feeling uh, for for these for these teams kicking off uh, grand final Sunday next week. I'm trying to think of the last time I was I played a game at 11 a.m. actually in my junior days. It certainly would be in the in the junior days. I know when I was playing under 18s, we played 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, so that was great fun playing that at that early in the morning on a Sunday. But it would have to be juniors and probably quite young in juniors as well. I mean, usually they start at the youngest age groups and work their way up throughout the day. So under 12s, under 13s, under 14s, somewhere around there. It's probably the sort of games you might normally play. At that time, either way, it's been a very long time. It probably does actually play an impact in terms of your preparations. While well, you're used to playing on a Sunday afternoon or a, or a mm. Friday or Saturday night, it's a very different thing to prepare for a game at 11 a.m. So who adapts best to that could very well have an impact in the game next weekend. That's that's the one matchup where that will be a factor. The other three, I think, are Sunday afternoon, Sunday twilight, and Sunday night for the NPL men's grand final. So that, will, that is the anomaly fixture there. Again, like you said, not necessarily... Not, not necessarily sure right or wrong, but it'll be an interesting factor to keep an eye on. We'll move on now to the FQPL1 semifinals. Now, Adam, we'll start off on Friday night between Brisbane City and Virginia United. And Virginia certainly made this game tight for an hour before Brisbane City ended up breaking through. You know, it was a 4 0 win. Goals from Talitha Kramer, Georgia Thompson, Steph Latham, and Laney Fryer sending Brisbane City through to the grand final. They had to wait for it, but the patience paid off and they've ended up progressing through to the grand final. That probably actually is a good thing for Brisbane City, having gone through a game like that where they didn't just blitz it early. They had to be patient. That's something they might have to do going going forward next week as well. Virginia United, they, they seem to be built for semi-final football because they they really sort of you know, held uh, Brisbane City Bay. But look, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that it's better off having a semi-final where uh, they, they were made to wait and eventually break through. Yes, they they. I guess a bit like the game, uh, the other Friday night game that we were actually at down the down the coast. Once the first goal went in, the, you, you were always expect there was going to be more. But uh, but yeah, but Brisbane City, it, it's always these are always trap games. These ones for for the number one seeds that uh, especially the season that Brisbane City have had as well. So to to sort of uh, to continue, I think what 
I admire most about this Brisbane Sea team is that despite the fact that they've, they've sort of all before them, they do they keep on showing up every week. And, the, and uh, it's it's two, two more games to go. It's Grand Bowl, and there's a uh, Champions League game uh, in in a couple of weeks' time as well. So, but before they wrap up the, the I think the perfect season. But uh, yeah, Grand Grand Final Sunday, it it will be interesting to see uh, how how they go. They will take their unbeaten record to Suncorp Stadium, where they will play against Southwest Queensland Thunder, who beat Broadbridge United by five goals to nil on. Saturday afternoon, up on the range, two goals for Mel Lloyd, two for Sienna Williams, and one for Ashley Paravicini. Therefore, the Thunder, who progressed through to the grand final, they have been the closest challenger all season long, Adam, and they they also deserve their spot in the grand final. Absolutely, they do. They they have been. Uh, you, you take Brisbane City out of the equation, they they have been uh, the best team in in the next best team in the league. So it's so fitting that they get get another shot at Brisbane City. The results during the season haven't been too flattering, uh, but uh, look, it's it's a different game. It's a different uh, grand finals of very, of very different beats. And look, you never know, if, especially if Thunder can somehow score as early as they did against uh, Broadbeach tonight, where they, where they, they come out firing the first uh, 15 minutes or so, two nil up, and. That they pretty much it was game over very very quickly and uh, look if they get it if they get an early goal uh, on on Sunday it'd be interesting to see how Brisbane City react because I think Brisbane I think Brisbane City I don't think it, this season they've actually conceded first I don't think so yeah, I don't it might think they be have might be one it might be one game might have normally game out there but uh, yeah a different situation in a big game where say if Thunder were to score early. That could very, very, you know, flip the script on its head. It's been nice, been nice with symmetry with this grand final in the FQPL one women's as well. So this was the FQPL one men's grand final a couple of years ago when Brisbane City were going for a perfect season in the men's. We'll see if the Brisbane City women can match their achievement next weekend. They played eight times so far. These two sides, seven in the FQPL one in the MPL women's competition. It's eight games played, seven wins for Brisbane City and one draw. Those seven wins were the last seven games. So seven successive wins for Brisbane City over Southwest Queensland Thunder. But you asked me a question earlier, Adam. I'll ask you one now. You said Suncorp Stadium is the great level, and I completely agree with you. But the one side in, in these these grand finals who play in a big stadium like this is Southwest Queensland Thunder out there at Clive Burkhoff. So does that give them any kind of slight advantage in terms of being used to the occasion? I know Brisbane City go out there and play as well, but not as often. So does that give them a slight, at least having some understanding on how, what the atmosphere and the occasion might be like, or is it still completely different in your eyes? Completely different. If Clyde Berghoff is a good stadium, it's a nice stadium, but it ain't Suncorp. No, it is not. But this will be a, this will be a really good grand yeah. final. I think a lot of people think Brisbane City will win this game and win it quite comfortably, but South West Queensland Thunder do have some attacking threats. If they can get the ball to those attacking threats, Maybe they can test the Brisbane City defence in a way they haven't been tested too often this year. And that's and that's the I'm almost in a way uh, without without playing God and trying to sort of you know, predict the script. I, I think this will be if if as I said before, if, if Thunder can score early, that will really test the medal of this Brisbane City side. I I really think that uh, while I think that. Even if if uh, Southwest Queensland was scored first, it would not shock me if Brisbane City scored the next six. But that would at least switch them on, and at least sort of have a fight. I think the worst thing that could happen in this contest is Brisbane City uh, three 0 up inside fifteen minutes. So I and that that to me will say that Thunder have just not settled in, and Brisbane City have been, were up for it, and they basically you know, have pretty much you know gone go gone blitz. You know, blitz straight away. So, look, I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see Bristol City tested by if they if they with a little bit of adversity, but I still think that they're, they're, they're probably going to be way too good. I think uh, on paper and on form, I think that all those signs are pointing to that way. But uh, look, as I say, never say never in these grand finals. It sets up very nicely for the four grand finals next week and at Suncorp. So we'll go through the two grand finals now in the competitions that we do cover here on the Bristol Football Review. I know there were a lot of other. FQPL 3, 4, 5, and 6 grand finals. We haven't covered those competitions all year, so we're not going to start now. We'll go through the two FQPL 2 grand finals, and we'll actually go through them in chronological order. So we'll start off with 
the women's grand final between North Lakes United and Ipswich Knights. First versus second. And it was a 5-1 win ultimately here for North Lakes. They had to for Brittany Whitfield, Kay Yamamuro and Steph Mayhew for North Lakes. Laley Hunt got a goal for Ipswich Knights to make it one all at the break. And he thought it could be setting up for a, a classic grand final before North Lakes showed the superior, the superior, the superiority, if I can get my words right, they've showed all year. They bought it in the second half and they deserved their win. It was certainly following the same script it did the first time these two sides met up at Consoles Park. Uh, and again, this is, it's almost what I was saying before about uh, City and Thunder and FQPL 1. Uh, if Schneider's got the first goal through Laley Hunt, uh, but then uh, but then North, North Lakes uh, rebound right back and then we just ran completely over the top of them. Actually, sorry, no, sorry. That, it was a one-all, sorry. I, I'm looking at the... Uh, Wrong thing. Kaya Muro actually scored after five minutes. So, if it's nice to get back into the game, uh, I think was was a good effort before but before uh, North Lakes did sort of just put the pedal down in the second half and show that they were the, the class side. It was a one all. It was one all half time, and then Brittany Whitfield's uh, hat trick put it beyond doubt. So, congratulations to Anthony Costa and his side up there at North Lakes. We'll see how they go next year in FQPL One Women. So they will go to FQPL One as the double winning premiers and champions. So congratulations to everyone at North Lakes United. We'll move on now to the FQPL2 men's grand final. Adam between fourth place Magic United and second place St. George. But along with a 5-1 win for Magic United, Michael Morrow gave St. George the lead after 15 minutes for Zach Kalanakis, Robbie Smith, Josh Squires, Aris Lagai, and Josh Casey all scored for Magic to crown them as, the, as their first FQPL2 championship. And what a turnaround that was. It looked, I think we were watching this on the stream at Walter Park, and I know I thought in my mind, I don't know if I said it to you, but I'm thinking in my mind that St. George has scored early, they'll run away with it, and that's certainly not what happened. Yeah, uh, Magic United won both league games and won them easy as well, so you thought maybe St. George, Willowong, get, get on the board first, and they, they would hold on or kick on with it, and uh, the script was going well after 14 minutes. But then, yeah, Magic United, they were just everything seemed to touch. The touch went to goals. And they had some cracking goals as well. Josh Squires uh, got to make three one just four half times. Probably the pick of them. And the uh, the FQPL2 Golden Boot winner showed up on on the night. But uh, look, I'll, I'll look, I'll sort of at the end that the result was the result. But uh, looking at the stream, watching this game last night, stream. Seem to be a fair contingent of supporters for both teams uh, at at Imperial Corp Stadium last night. I know the Magic United supporters; they were very, very uh, uh, happy with that result. I think a lot of the celebrations, the players were coming over and uh, almost jumping the fence uh, <laughs> with their supporters. So, no, it, but a big result for Magic United. Uh, look, I, I, I've nicknamed them; they're they're the absolute you know, tips as nightmare. But for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the good Magic United uh, have come out to play. And then congratulations to Brett Budwe and his uh, side on uh, winning on winning uh, the FQPL2 men grand final and keeps the potential Gold Coast sweep of the men's alive. They could win for four of the six leagues that we cover here, the Gold Coast sides. And I did spy mm. those celebrations from Magic United down there on Saturday evening. And right, congratulations to Brett Budwe and the entire team down there at at, at Birmingham Road, something where they actually play the games. They play yeah. the games at Birmingham Road. Great statements to everybody at Magic, and we'll see if they can defend their grand final championship next year in FQPL too, because they're not being they're not promoted as we understand it, because they finished fourth in the league. St George will still go up to FQPL one next year. So that is all the on-field action. We'll now move to some other matters. Adam, we're going to go through. This because this is the final MPL Sunday show for the year. We've got the grand final show next Monday with James. So we'll go through our teams of the year here on. The Brisbane Football Review, our MPL men's and women's teams of the year. What do you want to start with first? Mental women's. Uh let's let's go with the women. I think uh, we always lead off with the men, so let's go with the women's for the our team of the year. We'll do that, and you can go first. Alrighty, my MPL women's Queensland 2023 team of the year is as follows: goalkeeper Liz Harrington. Uh, at uh, in defence, I have Callie Cowles, Hakar Kachkenko. Mary Craven and Chantel Margheri. 
Uh, in the midfield, Tish Woods, Sarah Diapolonia, and Tiana Karambasis. And the forwards, to the absolute surprise of nobody, Bonnie Dave, Tegan Riding, and Kay Purifoy. On the bench, uh, Annika Lurens from Sunny Coast as the reserve goalkeeper. Uh, Libby Sobulski and Mamo Hiyashi in defence. Daisy Brown from QIS and Tara O'Keefe in midfield. And Bronte Rose and Sophie Person as in the reserve uh the reserve uh, forwards. A couple of honourable mentions as well. Uh, also as well, I thought uh, Louise Rolfe and Kyla Hansen as well. Very, very hard to include them in a side where five of those players scored 16 goals and above in a season. But both those players as well you know, were pivotal to, the, to their side's um, sort of campaigns. So, But uh, congratulations to all those players. And coaches? Oh, sorry, and the coach is the one only Rob Askey. Can you just remind me who your backline was then? I was, um, I can't remember what you said. Uh, Cows, Kachenko, Craven and McGarry. Okay, so this is, so that's your, back, that's your team, my team is as follows. I've gone with, for Ellie Chappell in goal. Across the back four, Maddie Tickle, Holly Clark, Jamila Rankin and Libby Sabulski. In midfield, Tiana Karambasas, Tish Woods and Sarah Diapolonia. And the front three, like you said, picks itself with Bonnie Davies, Tegan Riding and Kelly Purifoy up there on the front three. My bench is Liz Harrington, Hakana Tachenko, Mary Craven, Tara O'Keefe, Estella Mazzoni. I went for Kyla Hansen on the bench as well as Bronte Rose. So my players, unlucky to miss out, were was Sophie Person and Momo Hayashi were the two for me who were really close to getting in. The coach, of course, is Rob Askey for me as well. Yeah, no, I think uh, defensively, I think we had a um, difference of opinions, but I think the rest of the team really picked itself. We will let the, the listeners decide who has the better defence there on that one. We'll see, see how they go. We picked these sides, by the way, in mind of who we would send down to, all things being equal and available, who we would send down to play against the Southern Queensland Conference in those games in a couple of weeks' time. That was the parameters with which we picked these teams. So we'll, so we'll see how who gets picked and how they go down in Victoria in those games. Now, we'll move on to the MPL men's team. So you can go first once again, Adam. Yep, so my MPL men's team of the year is as far as goalkeeper Carlos Saliadari. Uh, in defence, Tommy Gerrard, Declan Smith, Austin Ludwig and Nick Cowburn. My midfield is Tyson Martin, Joe Duckworth, Kai Bolton. And the forwards, Andy Pangeli, Marquez Walters and Josh Woolley. On the bench, uh, Josh Langdon, Oscar Dillon, Blake Thompson, Max Brown, Harry Talbot, Marek Madley and Curtis Solary. And coached by Scott McDonald. Okay, so that is your side. They give me a couple of differences of opinion here, which I quite like, by the way. It's I also good. have in goal, by the way, is Carlos Teledari. My back four is Jaden Walker, Austin Ludwig, Declan Smith, and Nick Cowburn. In midfield, I went for Naoki Maeda, Tyson Martin, and Max Brown. At a front three of Curtis Stollery, Marquez Walters, and Ante Poliak. On the bench, I had Josh Langdon, Liam Goulding, Oscar Dillon, Joe Duckworth, Brad Inman, Josh Woolley, and Andy Pangili. And the coach is Scott McDonald. So again, a couple of couple of differences which I do like. We've gone too similar with these in the last couple of years. So I'm glad we've got some difference of opinions on them this year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but gen- generally the same players. I think as a as, as a sort of a, a couple of players there. That I think that uh, yeah, that they picked themselves. And uh, I'd just like to say I don't I don't know about the men's side, but I know my our women's side. I'm almost sure we'll go down there and do the job quite nicely down in Victoria. And the men's the men's uh, game, I think it'd be a lot closer. Depends if we allow them to pick the Queenslanders or not. If they have to go without Queenslanders, then they're, it's a 50-50 game. If they have to go without Queenslanders oh. and other imports from other states as well, then it would be an absolute thumping to the Queenslanders. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how that goes in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to those games, actually. It'll be very, very spicy matchups, given there's I... probably going to be a few Queenslanders on either side. Oh, and also as well, I think we need to start ramping up our campaign as well against the the uh, this the Southern Conference as well. Yeah, two we're two weeks away from from uh, those games. So yeah, I, I think. But yeah, you you're right. I, I'm I'm really like we got we got to say Grand Final Sunday next week, but then after that, yeah, state versus state, and uh, yeah, can't wait. Love love the concept. I think I think it's fantastic. Uh, for, football Victoria, Football Queensland uh, are revisiting this format. What do you mean state v state? I told you it's north versus south. Yeah, well, you know. One that's, all, that's, that's what they're saying. Yeah. 
Anyway, anyway, so that is all the stuff we've talked about on the show tonight. But this is the final MPL Sunday show for season 2023. As I said, due to the grand finals being played on Sunday night next week, we will move our recording for that to the Monday afternoon. So listen out for the show next Monday evening for that. This is the final Sunday show of the We might do a special for the for the State v. State games. We'll see how we go. But this is the final, final planned show of the season. So before we do wrap up, we would like to thank everybody who has helped us here at the Brisbane Football Review all season long. Players, coaches, club officials who uh, support, who welcome us to the ground, speak to us after games and all all through the season. We very much appreciate all of their support and we love doing this. It's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. This this show, what we do doesn't exist without the generosity of the time and effort from you know, players, coaches, officials, uh, supporters. Uh, it is it is an absolute joy um, to, to do and uh, long may may continue. I think that Honestly, I think that we've got a, we've got a fantastic league. Uh, we've got fantastic lot of clubs, and this is not just the top elite clubs. It goes right down everywhere. Everywhere we go, you know, is, is some 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 you know measure support. So some clubs that we have not been to yet that you know I'm sure that we'll try and, and they're on and the list, to. and we're going to get to them next year. We yeah, so if if you haven't seen us around, it's not because we don't like you or anything. It's just that yeah, there's <laughs> only two of us. We've got to cover a lot of ground. But uh, look, we. We are, you know, eternally indebted to, to you know, to all the stakeholders, you know, that and that's we we do the show for you guys and we do what we do for you guys. And we'll be back to do it all again next week on our grand final special again with on Monday. We might let James on that show, maybe, possibly. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe we we'll, yeah, sort of. We'll see. We'll see how we go with the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll make that decision next week. But this is the we'll be back next Monday for the grand final. So listen out for that. Before we do wrap up, Adam, who's your performer of the week this week? Um, I'm a, I'm gonna go with Max Brown. Uh, his hat trick in 15 minutes completely uh, dropped change that uh, game uh, on Friday night for in Gold Coast Knights' favour. Uh, one of the best players in the league, and he showed it in a very very short period in that game. So he gets my performer of the week. You went for a player who scored three goals in 15 minutes? Yep. I'll go for a player who scored three goals in 19 minutes. Brittany Whitfield scored a hat-trick for North Lakes in the grand final over which was pretty much deciding the game for them in those, those three crucial goals either side of halftime winning the game for North Lakes. And she's a fantastic player in that competition and she's my performer of the week this week. Adam, thanks for me once again on the show. No problem. Thank you and good night. Enjoy your grand final football next weekend. We'll be back to recap it all next Monday and we'll talk to you all again then.